1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Neil with you. It is the Monday edition of 2020 and a conversation shortly I'll invite you to join into and one that might be... Something you've got a personal connection to, it could be you, it could be members of your own family, members of your own community. A lot of people are interested in what is happening and what do I do about the issue around domestic violence. And it may be a sad reality, but abusive behaviour is embedded in our Australian culture. So a conversation today about the root attitudes, beliefs and behaviours that normalise violence. And in most cases, it's women who bear the brunt of domestic violence. Well, our special guests today are spearheading a city-wide initiative called the Mate Program, helping prevent domestic violence in their hometown, the Gold Coast in Queensland. Interesting, isn't it, that beneath that image of surf, sand and dream holidays, that there's an effort going on to send a ripple effect through the community that helps prevent violence and promote a peaceful, safe society across the community. And there may be some things we'll talk about today that could be applicable into your city, your regional town, your outback community. Two guests to introduce us to, Deborah Candler is a mate of Trainer, lecturer, and ordained Christian minister. And Hayden Whitworth is CEO of what's called City Impact on the Gold Coast in Queensland, helping collaboration between community, business, and government leaders. Uh, especially uh, a welcome to the two of you, but uh, Deborah, welcome to you. Thanks, Neil. And a special welcome to you, Hayden. Thank you, mate. Uh, let me come to, um, to you first, Deborah. A program like this. People might be wondering, real, you know, is domestic violence such a big issue that I should be really concerned about it? Unless it's happening to you personally or close to you, you might be wondering, is this a widespread problem in our community? How do you reflect on that?
2: It's It's interesting, isn't it? It's still called a national crisis in, in Australia and prolific in all states. and But it doesn't make for great dinner party conversation, does it? So it often is a great way to shut down a good conversation because it's not a nice thing to talk about and people tend to avoid it because of the implications and because it isn't something nice that we want to talk about. But um, the facade of the sand, surf and sun of the Gold Coast is probably a great metaphor for um, how domestic violence hides behind the the, the the normalcy of of family life often it's often disguised behind um the, the pictures that we create of what family life should look like or the, the the perception that we want to create for the public but it is there and it is um quite prolific and it is causing great damage and hurt to our nation and our and our states
0: yeah uh, let me ask you hayden because as a longtime gold coaster and this image that we have of the gold coast the sand the surf and the sun it's a great holiday destination the um, nation. I wonder how community leaders, uh, and I know that the Mayor of the Gold Coast is really on side here, uh, mm-hmm. but talking about the Gold Coast and problems of domestic violence, my suspicion is that these problems are everywhere so we ought to be celebrating that something is happening in your community on the Gold Coast, but... Um, is there? Do you find that people say, "Oh, don't talk about that. Don't talk about negative things. We only want to say all the nice things about the the tourist capital."
1: Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, I think uh, the more we um, hide behind the glossy exterior, uh, some it allows things to fester under the surface, um, and that's true of cities. It's also true of families. Um, and can I take um, two quick things that I, I just want to um, be really intentional about before we uh get too far into the conversation one is just thank you for having us um Mm -hmm. it's a real privilege to be here and and thank you neil but thank you also to all the listeners of this station um because christian media only exists in this country Mm -hmm. because people make it you know together as a community we go this is something we want to make happen um I love that. It's a real privilege to sit in this seat and in this studio today. Uh, and, and it's also, I, I'm so encouraged that, hey, when we decide that we want to together uh, make a difference, we can. Um, this is incredible. You know, the amount of uh, blessing that goes out across our nation because of the faithfulness of a community of Christians around the country who are, you know, uh, we don't know each other, but we all pitch in to, to make this possible. So first and foremost, thank you. Um, second thing I just wanted to say uh, in, in, in opening today's conversation um, Sadly, this issue of domestic and family violence touches a lot more people than than we might realise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to say if you're listening today and this is a, a, a conversation that is really close to home for you, um, uh, please look after yourself um, first and foremost in this conversation. Uh, we're we're going to try and handle it with care and sensitivity, um, but we don't know your circumstance. So uh, the, the, if, you, if you need support, if you find yourself going, oh my goodness, this is really... Um, dramatic for me um to to be part of this conversation um please look after yourself uh 1-800-RESPECT is the mm-hmm. is the national helpline that will connect you with any help that might support you mm-hmm. with steps that you might need to take um both for females and males uh, you know sort of we, we can find ourselves in all sorts of parts of of this conversation so uh, sorry to 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 segue <laughs> but you I, know i just really wanted to put that up front <laughs> yeah um and, and I, I suspect neil you probably had it in the notes for for
0: later but i i just want to bring that right up front um You know, when we have a conversation like this, uh, you know, there are those who might be concerned because there are triggers. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're talking about domestic violence. That's raising all sorts of emotions in me because I've had that experience or I'm right Mm -hmm. in the middle of this right now. Mm -hmm. And some might say, well, don't have the conversation that actually triggers Uh, But if we don't have a conversation, we can't actually talk about how there are initiatives to deal with this. So actually, one of the most important things we can do is to have a sensitive conversation around domestic violence. And if it's a sensible conversation too, which actually highlights some solutions, this is really a key. Mm. This is something, Deb, that you are really uh, into. It's like having solutions. It's not just something that you're talking about on the side, Mm. uh, offering another opportunity Mm. for someone to get some help with some sort of a counsellor, but Mm. this is something that Mm. is significant that can actually affect a whole community.
2: Definitely. Um, The the reason Hayden and I, I, I... Taken with the mate program, which is embedded in Griffith University, which kind of raises some eyebrows for for Christians who say, "How does a, a Christian church work with a you know a secular university? How does that even happen?" And we would both say it happens because we share common values as as human beings—values for for health and safety and welfare. You know, value for every human being. So, embedded in that is is the value for people, and um, out of that has come some very interesting. Um, uh, ways that we can all become a solution to this um, this crisis that we're experiencing as a nation, and the the reason we love mate is that it um, it, it does focus on these these common human values, but it's also very simple. It doesn't. F- focus necessarily on perpetrators or victims, but it focuses on every single one of us being what we call a bystander. Mm. Now, that word often kind of raises uh, images of we're just standing back looking as a bystander. But a bystander is someone who can observe or see or be informed about something and then be empowered to do something about what they're observing or seeing or noticing or feeling. Mm. And so the MATE course is very instrumental in equipping people Every person, every every single human being, um, about how to respond to things that they're observing or sensing or feeling or seeing, that that just it, it just rubs them up the wrong. That they, they know mm. intuitively of, as a human being, this is not right or this is not good. What can we do about that in mm. any given situation? So, mate provides us with the tools to for all of us to become a solution.
0: Yeah, that's great. And when you've got a uh, secular university, uh, Griffith University in the case here, they've developed this program, but they've developed it with the church in mind. Is this the way it works Hayden? Uh, I mean how, because when you think of a secular university developing a program for the church, is this say, uh, you know, uh, we're holding up our gun and we're aiming it at the church or I mean we'll talk about, you know, the balance of yep. of, of churches and the fact that domestic violence happens within church communities too, but uh, this thought that a secular university is developing a program that is church friendly. How do you describe it? It's (laughs) such a great question Neil. It
1: is, is, we we laugh I mean we laugh with our friends at Griffith Mm. about how unusual this 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 relationship is and but, but then how valuable some of the output from this relationship is. Um, and two things to, to Deb's, uh, you know, sort of comments around um, the MATE program and the bystander focus, um, two things we learned really early on um, in this journey as we uh, worked with a bunch of churches on the Gold Coast that, that said, well, look, we, DV is huge in our communities and we, we want to do better in this space. And, and, you know, how do we bring light to a dark place? Two things we learned up front, um, just blew me away one is dv is entirely preventable mm. that's the first truth it's preventable so when we've got uh, a national rate of dv uh, 52% of all assaults in our country are happening in the family home in in domestic the safest space should be our homes right Mm. our family this is where our kids grow up that should be the safe space our sacred space and yet it is the most dangerous place Mm. in our country right now Mm. that is stunning but it is preventable that's truth number one Mm. Um, truth number two and this is where the relationship between the the churches on the gold coast and the university started to form is that all of the science you know behind this says that if you want to prevent it You can't prevent it just up in boardrooms or whatever. We've got to bring everyone into the conversation Mm. as bystanders. Mm. Um, Every one of us has a role to play in DV prevention Mm -hmm. because there's cultural issues under this and culture is what we all accept as normal. Um, So if we we can shift that and start to to go, actually, there's some things here that, that not only are not normal, they're not healthy, and we can, all, we can equip each other with some tools to engage well in those conversations and to say, hey, Neil, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure this is great for us. You know, the way we're talking about this or the way that we, you know, sort of we're joking about this or, you know, there's some stuff that we're all just walking past at the moment that if we can stop walking past it, actually we can affect change. Um, that's what I find really exciting. It is preventable, and it, it's going to change when we all start to play a part. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision.
0: I want to open our talk back line. You might have your own insight to offer around domestic violence in your own community. Maybe it's your own experience. Maybe you've got some solution orientation that might be very useful in a conversation that we're having like this today. Two guests with us in the studio. Deborah Candler is a mate trainer. She's a lecturer, she's an ordained Christian minister, and Hayden Whitworth, CEO of City Impact on the Gold Coast in Queensland, helping collaboration between community, business and government leaders. Uh, Deborah, let me ask you, when you've got the Secular University creating a program that is, in some sense, church-friendly... Uh, is there a theological way that people in the secular university have been thinking about churches? What are your thoughts here?
2: I don't think they were thinking about us at all. Actually, <laughs> I don't think that we even entered their mind. But um, our relationship has grown in quite, quite incredibly. And I think you know it's based on what I, I mentioned just earlier: um, the, the shared value for humanity and the shared value for um, wanting to to, to prevent. Uh, anything that um, it causes great scarring on our on our cities and our communities and mm-hmm. and, and there's also um, a, a value for equality and i don't know i know that word comes loaded for many people people will bring what they think that word means into the conversation but by equality we would say it means the equal value of every human being and seeing that people equally flourish in our city so that common value brought us together beautifully and created a great conversation about how we could now introduce this into our churches and Hayden and I saw a fabulous opportunity to bring this in because it it aligns with uh, New Testament uh, principles on valuing each other. It aligns on servant leadership, how we as Christian leaders should be um um, leading our, our congregations, our people, our communities as servants rather than the hierarchical um, structures that often exist. So we, we saw common value in that and they saw value in us um, licensing us to actually contextualise it with Christian principles that undergird the already um, existing principles that, uh, that, that drive mate forward.
0: Some special things about the Gold Coast. And I know that the mayor of the Gold Coast, Tom Tate, identifies as a Christian. And so you've got initiatives that have a little bit of an imprimatur of the mayor. And that's got to be an important element here. And so when you've got the churches... Coordinating the churches, and uh, Hayden, you have a role in what's called a pastors' round table. So mm. something like a ministers' fraternal, yeah. And uh, lots of communities have these. You're the go-between here, and doing some amazing work. How does this all work? When you've obviously you've got a, the mayor on side, that makes a difference, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Look, absolutely. What a blessing to have a city leader who's a Christian and and very openly, uh, you know, sort of uh, testifies to his faith and mm. uh, and advocates and supports. Uh, you know sort of the churches to to come together and and to serve in the city, so uh, absolutely a blessing to have our, our mayor doing what he does um, from the seat that he 's in uh, that's a that 's a great thing um, The story on the gold Coast I guess is uh, in the last when i say the story the chapter the chapter we 're in um, i think is a few years uh, sort of deep now. Um, but but this this gathering of of church leaders across our city really around one question, Neil, and that question was how can we serve our city better together? Mm. Um, what are the things that 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 are on our heart that we feel God calling us to that we can't serve well individually, but collectively there's a sense of this is a shared interest and a you know something that we need to start working together on and. Uh, That conversation, as we asked that question together with about 30 church leaders, uh, this is starting in 2017, um, that very quickly led us to this issue of domestic and family violence being the biggest social issue in our city. Mm -hmm. And one, that there was an overwhelming... 30 church leaders from all denominations, Neil, together in a room. Many of them had never met um, before these these series of conversations. Uh, And by the end of the first three meetings together, there was a unanimous agreement that this issue of domestic and family violence is one that we are all sensing God calling us to mm-hmm. uh, and that we are going to commit to working together. We're going to mm-hmm. stay in these conversations together until we see our city, which is one of the, sadly, it has one of the worst track records when it comes to domestic and family violence. When you peel back the glossy exterior of the Gold Coast, there is some ugliness underneath, mm-hmm. uh, and we need to be confronted with that. And I think God calls us into those spaces. Um, but we, we we're gonna keep working together as as churches in our city until we go from being one of the worst nationally to being stand out as the best because uh, we know we know then that we've done some work that is worthwhile and that might help others in other spaces to come on this journey as well.
0: What a great aspiration from Christian leaders in a community to say we want to aspire to be the best. We want to lead the way in how we deal with these issues around domestic violence. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take a call. Sue is in Kingston, Tasmania just Hobart Hi Sue Welcome Hello Neil Thank
3: you very much And um, I thank your guests Deb and Hayden So much for this conversation Because it's so important And very relevant As I'm just about to head up To Launceston In the hope of meeting With Senator Linda Burney And of course as we know Domestic violence is Prominent in many of the Aboriginal communities Mm. as well Um, I personally believe that we we need to start working together as a nation, indigenous and non-indigenous, and look at the spiritual component that's highlighted in the New Testament based on the fact that we have a physical nature and a spiritual nature. In 1 Corinthians 15.44, that we've been given the love commandments by Jesus and that um, the fact that we have a spirit, soul, and body, which is uh, proclaimed to be blameless before Jesus in 1 Thessalonians 5:23, is so important because citizens who come into this nation um, have, in the past, and I think they still do, pledge under the Australian Citizen Pledge from this time forward, under God, I pledge my loyalty to Australian people. So you're and making
0: some really good points here, but let's bring our guests into uh, some of the things you're saying and certainly making that uh, that reference to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and uh, what's happening there uh, that's really challenging uh, the thought there has to be some collaboration and for churches to take that lead I think that's a really powerful point. Uh, let me just come to you, Deborah. Uh, your thoughts for Sue? What do you? What are your response to the things she's saying?
2: Yeah, thanks, Sue, for bringing that up. Um, I agree with you, and I think you're you're speaking about you know the value for all humanity as well. And um, I, I love that um, Paul and even Jesus didn't um, overtly address culture per se. They actually appeal to people's hearts. They appeal to people's um, minds, thoughts, their thinking. Um, and and people be people were transformed from the inside out, and it's people with transformed hearts that change culture. Mm. So we don't change culture. People with transformed hearts change culture, and I love the way that Paul put it in Galatians um, three four that there is no you know Jew nor Greek, no slave nor free. No male and female; we are all one in Christ Jesus. And I think, mm. you know, without our, our Griffith mate um, friends uh, knowing that scripture, they believe that, and that's the way. But they behave, and that's one of those things that I mentioned earlier that that creates an affinity between us to enable us to work well together to address this in our community. For us, there is no, mm. um, you know, skin colour; there is no um, socio-economic um, scaling or, or rating. People are people, Mm. and we value people equally. And uh, our focus is to bring healing to this nation, Mm. to all people. And we believe that all people are capable of helping to bring that healing.
1: If I can can jump in, Neil, um, I I loved, uh, and I think Sue is so on the money in terms of um, this sense that, you know, in scripture, we've got just incredibly powerful answers mm. you know that my sense um, in doing this journey and learning what are the things that you know are uh, 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 supporting dv to to grow what are the what are the root issues that we need to have our eye on in order, order to really prevent domestic and family violence those conversations are all throughout scripture we, we are literally sitting on a gold mine of truth um that's that's like overwhelmingly mm. true but then the, 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 the counterpoint to that is that the challenge for us as Christians in this conversation is that the best study and the best research in Australia right now will, will suggest that while we're sitting on a gold mine, the rate of DV is as bad or worse inside the church, Mm -hmm. inside our
0: Christian community, we're actually as bad Mm -hmm. or worse than the rest of our society. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deb and Hayden, I think before we go any further, why don't we take another call? One listener who has been waiting patiently is Kate in regional New South Wales. Hi, Kate. Welcome along.
4: Thank you. Um, It's great to be with you. One, the reason I phoned is because I can see a critical need for this program. I'm currently under the protection of an ADVO. I never thought I'd find myself in their shoes. Um, And the reason I want this program is so needed because I went to the police in a very unexpected situation and they took this action on my behalf. And it was the people in the family of faith who opposed me going to the police. Um, People who are Christians, who know the scriptures, who quoted scripture at me to say I was doing the wrong thing Mm. by going to the police. Mm. They said that I should be turning the other cheek. They said that I am a Christian and I shouldn't be taking police action. And I said to them, I have a right to be safe. Mm. And so it is the culture in the church that desperately needs to be educated, desperately needs to Mm. change, Mm. because I have a right to be safe. Mm. But they can't see that and they won't address that. Mm. So I really pray that this program will be widely taken Mm. up because they need this education. Mm.
0: Wonderful insight, Kate, and I want to thank you and honour you for Mm. courageously calling because actually we're not afraid to talk about these Mm. sorts of topics on this program and recognising that there are some weaknesses that do come to the surface Mm. in some churches reluctant to you know, tar everyone with the same brush because so many churches do so many wonderful things and have a good theological approach to that gender equality that only really comes because you have male and female created in the image and likeness of God. But Mm. let me come to you, Deborah, as a response for Kate. Mm. Uh, What are your thoughts for Kate?
2: Kate, thank you firstly for, for calling in and for doing this journey so bravely um it, it's it's a very difficult journey but you've bravely stepped out and you're doing something may i may i encourage you to continue to Um, read the scriptures and wrestle with those scriptures and and see it through a a Jesus lens. So um, what we often uh, do with Mate in in presenting this to churches is to open up the Christ lens. Sometimes uh, we follow traditional um, rules and regulations about what we think the scriptures say and we forget to look at it through the Jesus eyes. And so may I continue to encourage you to do that. We used to wear in the old days, my, my kids grew up wearing WD, WJD bracelets, what would Jesus do? The problem with that Kate was that often people didn't know what Jesus did. They only thought they knew what Jesus did or they took on what somebody else said Jesus did and so we're in, always in danger of doing that so coming back to the scriptures and looking to see what Jesus did is, is very sobering but also very helpful and it lies at the centre of the gold uh, of what we have as Christians in helping to prevent um, domestic violence but also create healing in our communities in many other ways as well, Jesus, remember, said, "I didn't come to serve, but to I didn't come to to be served, but to serve." He also said things like, "All power and authority has been given unto me." But what did he do with that power and authority? What we see him do is take off his robes and kneel down like a slave, the lowest in the empire of his day, and, and wash his disciples' feet, and, and and demonstrate to us servant leadership. And so turning the paradigm of what leadership looks like in our churches, and many churches are already doing this, and many churches, Kate, also have wonderful domestic violence policies in place and also have wonderful caring pastoral facilities in place today to look after people and keep a sharp eye out on, on what could be happening that, that isn't um, conducive to uh, a Jesus follower and, and are doing things that that are, are helping our churches to grow, helping our communities to grow. So. I'm really proud of our churches right now and for what they're doing and what they're taking on board. But as you know, Kate, there's still a lot of work to be done, and we're in that space helping to to create um, uh, knowledge, information, and equipping around how we all can be uh, can, can help in, in preventing and promoting healing in our in our churches and our communities.
0: Kate, have you got anything more to add to uh, that sort of response? Was that helpful in any way for you?
4: Yes, it was very helpful, and I do have a very important point I want to add to that. I will say that it was only some members of the community that responded in that, Mm. I would consider, negative way. Mm. The pastoral care I did receive was exemplary, but Mm. I also want to commend the police. The police force, their systems in place were excellent, Mm. and if you look at the Charter of Victims' Rights, Mm. it tipped every box. The police Mm. were excellent, so I want to encourage people to go to the police. Mm. They received me so professionally. Um, their conduct was outstanding. Mm. The support services they had in the liaison officer who was with me, they spent over three hours with me on the day I fled to them. And I just want to encourage people, do go. They are professional. They are mm. caring. They are supportive. They are excellent um programs in place and i was received well by them i was cared mm, for wonderful. well by them and all the way through the system through court and everything i had to go through i cannot fault our police force i cannot fault their their support systems and there's one of the programs is only a pilot program that's running at the moment and i highly commend the government for putting that in place so i do mm. encourage people to step up and step out and to take that action because we all have a right to be safe.
0: Yeah, well, Kate, well said, Kate. Wonderful. Well said. Mm. Kate, wonderful to hear from you. Thank you so much for your input and the encouragement, of course, there is uh, to remain safe and uh, sometimes uh, some level of separation from where there is a perpetrator of violence is going to be necessary. Of course, we always talk about how we might be able to to save and to maintain the strength in our marriages because our children's future is at risk. But sometimes when there is a perpetrator of domestic violence, your safety has to be the paramount thing. And so uh, wonderful input there. Let me come to you, Hayden, here, because uh, what is being highlighted in what Kate is sharing is that there are issues of power Mm. and control, Mm. and this is in all relationships um, what are your reflections here? Because, you know, here we are talking about churches having issues of power and control too, where you've got to, you know, the, the way that they might present male and female. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, Neil, it's been such a rich journey uh, as, a, as a Christian man uh, who was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Um, I'm 44 years old, 45 years old now, uh, 45 years old. And I remember uh, it would have been 18 months ago, after doing a, another round of deep dive into into scripture and theology around power and control, as we understand that DV exists because of an imbalance, when when power and control is abused in relationship, and when there's an imbalance, you will often, almost always, end up with some sort of abuse. Uh, you know, sort of. Uh, if, if we understand that, and then you start looking at scripture through that lens of going, well, what does God have to say? What does he? What does scripture tell us about power and control? <laughs> It's it's there from Genesis, Neil, and it's there repeatedly as as one of the most hard to miss themes. And yet as a man of 45 years of age, I sat there and I thought, I don't think I've ever thought about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right there from Genesis, from the fall. God God's talks about what, what happens to us as a result of the fall and, and the, the consequences of sin. And he says to the, the woman, you're going to desire the love of your husband and he's going to want to rule over you we were created to have dominion over the earth and the the animals and the trees and the you know sort of we were not created to have dominion over each other and yet brokenness in us this is what it's doing it's distorting our relationship where we used to walk in intimacy and togetherness as man and male and female made in the image of our creator we, we now have this distortion, and it it sits in us that we we, we you know certainly I can speak as a man. Uh, I, we 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 want to create empires. We want to make ourselves god of our own little world. We want to make you know in the workplace, in the on the footy field, uh, in our families. We want to assert ourselves as as having dominion over. Uh, our partners mm-hmm. uh, it 's not the type of relationship mm-hmm. we were we were created to have God over and over and over again reinforces this and inverts the power pyramid in Jesus and says, "No, no, no, if you want to be the Jesus actually himself, he says, "Look, if you want to be the the greatest or the the leader, the language he uses he says, "Make yourself a slave." So instead of thinking as leader, well, I'm entitled to, you know, being this and that, and she should do what I say, and, you know, sort of, I'm entitled to respect. Jesus says, no, 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 make yourself a slave, someone who has no entitlements. Make yourself someone who has no rights. That's not your concern. Your concern is to lift and to empower others and to serve and love. Follow me. Do as I do. Mm. It's a goldmine of truth. If we followed that example, if we really brought that
0: into our relationships, violence simply could not exist. Mm. Okay, dominion is an interesting one And submission is the other word that we'll often use Uh, We ought not to perhaps confuse dominion with domination Because Mm. uh, dominion has such a wonderful richness Mm. about it Mm. Domination is where the Mm. power and control comes Mm. in So um, Deb, let me ask you With this MATE program Mm. You get to these issues of power and control Is there something we can share with listeners today? something that puts a context right... That says this. This is a godly approach. This mm. is a way that you can help to think more clearly about mm. domestic violence in your own family or in your na- mm. own community.
2: Well, the, the United Nations has um, has boldly declared that inequality um, is one of the, the the embedded reasons we have environments that are ripe for abuse. And if we create um, societies with where we men and women are seen as, as as equal and valued as equal, we will start to see a difference in that. Well, as Christians, I think that becomes very confused because we have different theological views on men and women Um, from a theological point of view. And I did write a book and I'm not here to plug that, but I did write a book on that because it's so prolifically confused in our churches um, of the theological embedded nature of the value of men and women embedded in Genesis 1 and 2 as Hayden just referred to, that we were created equal. And the, the Hebrew words, are you can't miss the words. <laughs> they are created equal. There is no ish and isha, male and female, until they're both created in what is called the image of God. So in other words, we are created to reflect God together. We are mm. different. We are not the same. We are never declaring that we're the same. We don't want to be each other. We are very different for a good reasons. You bring something to me I don't have. I bring something to you you don't have but we are created equally together. I think what we often do is we, we by mistake or just traditionally or just by default, we defer to Genesis 3 as our lens and Genesis 3 is the sin chapter. It's where we all went foul of that. It's where we decided, no, actually, I can survive without you. I can actually, I can. Sorry, the wheels fell off. off. I can do better without you. I can do. I in fact, I can do this better than you. And we started to default from the unity that the this beautiful diversity within unity now becomes diversity that now is competitive against one Mm. another. And so that he will rule over you is not a mandate from God. It is a consequence of what happens to sinful nature when we want to dominate each other. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we get that sorted out and realize that was never God's intention, if it was, then I think God made a huge mistake because it hasn't worked out very well for us. But I think when we get that bit right, we can then move on to say, well, what did Jesus come and do and what did he mm-hmm. demonstrate in the world for us? And I, I loved defaulting to Philippians chapter um, three. Is it Philippians um uh, two, Philippians two. We call it in, in the theology world the kenosis, where Jesus emptied it, says that. He was he emptied himself and came to earth as a as a human being and and the words in the in the Greek are the, is the word tapeneo and it means to completely empty yourself and become lower than everyone else in order to be something mm. and so Jesus empties himself of his godness if you like without not without uh, ceasing to be d- divinity empties himself of the right to to behave like go- like God in the world and comes as a, a a human being and the word tapaneo represents um, many of the things in the empire that women were lowly servants of no reputation emptied of pride that is the, what the word tapeneo meant, but that word was often associated with women in Jesus' day. So I can yeah. almost imagine um, some of the, the, the male disciples even thinking, "What is Jesus asking? Is he asking us to become like women? What is he? What is he asking us to do? What is he doing? Who is this man? Like, what is he doing?" But Jesus came to empty Himself to become of, of of lowly and no reputation to actually be something for us, so that we could see something different. And I think that lies at the the, the heart of everything that we teach. Mm-hmm. That as servant leaders, we become like Jesus. We empty ourselves. As as men, we empty ourselves for our wives. As wives, we empty ourselves for our husbands. As as parents we empty ourselves for our children as pastors we empty ourselves to serve those we, we have come to, to lead and so um, I think that lies at the very heart
0: of, of what we what we teach interesting isn't it uh, very hard to <coughs> pardon me very hard to teach people humility mm. somehow or other the humility has to be role modelled mm. and my suspicion is mm. that outside of the church It's very difficult to find Mm -hmm. people who role model the humility that we see described in the scriptures. And so even as you reflect on Adam and Eve and created in God's image equal Mm -hmm. and Jesus reflecting back to the garden when he was talking about marriage, you know, leaving your father and mother and be united and the two become one flesh. Mm -hmm. So these basic principles for our faith, Mm -hmm. these actually illustrate Mm -hmm. better than anything Mm -hmm. uh, that this is a way you can have equality in a marriage. Now, given that the marriage definition has now been completely uh, Mm -hmm. decimated in Australia, it doesn't mean the same thing Mm -hmm. as it did just four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, This idea of being created equal isn't outside of the church. So if I was coming to you here, Hayden, uh, you know, the created equal ideal, this is something that's we have the tool in our tool chest which gives us an opportunity to actually get a real understanding of what equality is about yeah absolutely neil uh, you know and, and this
1: is the confronting piece is that from start to finish scripture is just uh, is is filled overflowing with with goal, with principle with with metaphor and picture mm. stuff that you can you know you can you can see clearly stuff you know sort of that, that otherwise we miss and and I think you're right like I often marvel at at my friends at Griffith that have actually come to a depth of understanding around this and a you know a, con, a series of convictions around this that that frankly uh, you know, encourage and inspire me and they've managed to arrive there without the help of scripture I do the. That's quite remarkable. Um, you know, to to your point, like I I, I I sort of put myself. You know, I go if you pull away all the scriptural sort of teaching and and foundation and everything that that I've I've been blessed to have in my life, would I carry that same set of sense? Of, like it's quite remarkable. Mm. Um, but you know, my hat goes off to them and many others that that are that are coming at this and 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 carrying the conviction they do into this space that that frankly, you know, has helped to sharpen me, um, mm. you know, as someone that's blessed with the inside of Scripture. And I, I think the journey that we are—we have the opportunity to come on here, and we were talking about this in the break, um, is as Christians to wrestle deeply mm. and, and to go, yeah, we, we're, you know, Scripture, we are blessed to, to carry literally the Word of God, um, you know, so to literally the, the truth that is going to help us to build flourishing relationships is in our hand. But I think we need to wrestle deeply. We need to be confronted with some of the studies that say, suggest, look, we're not doing a great job here. Um, we, we've got some work to do, uh, you know. And this is long before anyone externally starts to beat us over the head and and say Christians are you know terrible people or you know whatever. No, no, no. These are our own studies. Let's just use the studies that the churches ourselves have done on our on our own condition and and look at divorce rates, look at rates of abuse, look at rates of DV, and it's a confronting picture. Mm like long before we, we can help anyone else or, or offer light into a dark place for our community I think we need to wrestle deeply as Christians and, and to Kate's call earlier with well, hang hang on when we're, when we're using scripture to actually you know sort of uh, to, to, to deny people help or, or to, to make them feel guilty about reaching out for the support that they need that's not great why are we doing that? You know, and, and how can we be more informed and better understand what this whole issue is about and go back through Scripture and go, ah, how can we wield Scripture well and, and, and unpack its goodness and its healing rather than misusing it? to abuse or to hold people
0: in a, in a subjective, lesser than, uh, you know, sort of uh, mm. position. Mm. Well, time has run out. Uh, now, the interesting thing is that while this MATE program, Motivating Action Through Empowerment, is an initiative that's been developed by the Secular University, there's a licensing that allows the church to be able to contextualize mm. those insights that have come there and so there is that uh, that ability to be able to bring a theological perspective into this and no doubt along the way this, this will become a part of their own studies in their review of mm-hmm. the mate program mm-hmm. uh, for people who wanting to to participate in this Are you thinking, I should introduce something like this into the minister's fraternal in our community? Mm. Let's see if we can get some collaboration across the churches, and then maybe there's someone who could be the go-between, like Hayden Whitworth is here, the go-between between between the local government and the business leaders and the church community to see if something can happen. Uh, Deb, if if this sort of thing can work, it can have a dramatic effect on individuals, families, churches, and whole communities.
2: Absolutely, and Look, are some great research and statistics around the fact that you only need to change 25% of any given group to create cultural change. That's a, that's, that's not a large group of people. So 25% of any given group, whether it's a city, a church, um, family groups, 25% of, of of people will change a community. So in other words, people who are prepared to change their thinking um, and their beliefs about something will cause a difference in behavior, which will then cause a difference in community. So it's a small, it's a small number that we're looking to change. And so we don't see this as an impossibility. We, we're quite excited about this. We think this will take off. We think that the church understands the ethos of Jesus, will see the principles involved here and go, oh, we want to get involved. This is not a hard thing for us to do. We want to be trained and equipped. We believe every person in our church community can be, um, well equipped for this and then can, through through who that who they are and how they are wired be able to intercept bad language bad behavior bad things that they see and be able to make a difference in their space. And within time and and, and not a long time, 25% of people in in that environment can be changed and that causes change in whole nations. So, Mm.
3: yeah.
0: Well, if you're listening into this conversation and uh, think you might just introduce your pastor to it, your pastor might be pleased to hear it. Uh, You might want to pass on even the link for the podcast so uh, your pastor can hear the conversation as it's unfolded today. But I promise you this that where domestic violence is happening, it is likely to be happening within your community and sometimes really within your church community. And you say, well, I, I, how come I don't hear about that? Well, i got to say your pastor is good at keeping confidences. Mm. And if this is an issue for you, You can tap on your pastor's door and get a meeting and it will be a meeting in confidence when you're dealing with these sorts of issues. And your pastor may well have all sorts of programs that he or she is able to pass on to you uh, by way of referral. Uh, Let me give the website for listeners today to connect with this MATE program. matebystander.edu.au matebystander. And and if I say, uh, Hayden, is there a way that listeners can personally connect with you and Deborah today because you're leading the charge in your community on the Gold Coast? Some might be thinking, I need a few more questions I've got to ask. Uh, I need some more answers. Is yeah. there a way they can connect with you?
1: Absolutely, and we'd love to help. Uh, you know, anyone who who would like to bring this program in your community, um, Griffith have uh, have, have uh, We've been um, fortunate to set up a licensing arrangement with Griffith that you referred to, Neil. That basically means uh, you are, are able to benefit from this license in your church community. Uh, you, will, if we can, we, we can train you up as a as a mate facilitator, so that you can bring this program back into your church. Uh, and Griffith are actually waiving all the fees. Uh, so beyond your accreditation, there's a, there's a small cost to the, the actual training. It's a three-day training program. Uh, once you're trained and accredited, and it's a formal Griffith University micro-accreditation that you receive, uh, once you've achieved that, you are licensed then to bring that program into your church, and Griffith doesn't take any money. So it, it, you are able to deliver that program freely in your church community, uh, no no further cost uh, so if you'd like to benefit from that absolutely reach mm. out um, if you do jump on the, the mate bystander website that Neil's already mentioned uh, and then you mentioned you're in a part of a faith community, Griffith will send you to us anyway uh, but uh, also I, I, I had a chat to the producer earlier Neil, um, probably the other the best way to, is just to reach out to the radio station here and I think they're going to uh, forward your, your information on to Deb and I so that we can uh, help you navigate that conversation and opportunity
0: Okay, contact Vision. Uh, we'll pass on details as well. That, that website, one more time, matebystander.edu.au. Deborah Candler, uh, mate trainer, lecturer, ordained Christian minister, and Hayden Whitworth, CEO of City Impact on the Gold Coast, helping collaboration between community, business, and government leaders, uh, Deborah and Hayden, Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts, your hearts and your aspirations for your community. It is an inspiration. Deborah, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, Neil. We really appreciate it. Hayden, thank you. Thank you, mate, for hosting the conversation. Mm. Really appreciate it.
4: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision
1: Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.